read just one phrase out of a verse, Psalm 150, verse number one. And the first phrase is a powerful one. While you're turning there and preparing that, I want to say a special thank you to uh, Brother Seth Johnson. Where are you? you in here tonight or are you out? He's not in here. Okay, well, uh, I just wanted to say a special word to him for being a great, great worship leader. He's been doing this for some time now, and uh, he has developed into uh, somebody that you put your confidence in, and the anointing of God is on his life. Thank you for leading us in worship and into the presence of God. I appreciate that. It means a whole lot to us. Amen. And his willingness to work with others and want to see others succeed and excel is uh, very, very commendable. Thanks to all the musicians and all of the singers for helping us get in the presence of God. Amen. I appreciate that tremendously. And today has been exceptional. Brother McAllister and the band and the singers and everybody, it's been absolutely fantastic. Top rate, top shelf. It doesn't get any better than that. And so I want to say as a pastor, I appreciate that. I know there's a lot of work and effort that goes into that. And sometimes we can sit on a church pew and not recognize there's hours that go into that. There's time that's taken during the week. And if you're a part of any of that, choirs, youth choir, praise and worship, whatever you're doing, you are a tremendous asset, and we thank you very, very much. Let's put our hands together and show some appreciation for them. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Psalm 150 and verse number one, the first phrase. I want you to read it with me, okay? Let's read it together. It says, praise ye the Lord. Let's do that together. God, that's what I'm talking about. Praise ye the Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify your great name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I will not be long tonight. I know you're not supposed to say that, but this is not a very long song. And so if I'm staying in the book, I shouldn't go too long uh, regarding this. And much of what has been stated this morning repetitious. This is bookend number two. So if you have the Psalms, you got a collection of songs. The first Psalm, Psalm 1 that we talked about this morning is the first bookend. And the principal component of that first Psalm is that your life needs to be anchored to the law of God. You should meditate in it. And if you do, you will be a blessed individual. You're standing upon the word of God. That's the anchor at the beginning. And then at the end, through the good times, the bad times, and the reorientation times, there's something on the back end of that that the psalmist closes that is book in number two. It's found in Psalm 150. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and your greatness. We ask that you would direct us tonight in this message. Help us to be participants tonight of your glory and your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. We talked about book in number one, and we talked about what the descriptions 
that can be found in the different stages of life in each and every one of our lives. We go through times of, uh, we go through some good times. You read some of the Psalms and you will find them walking through some of these times. As a matter of fact, Psalm 136 is one of those case examples in which there is a discussion about the times that were good, times that were bad. It begins by saying, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. In this particular psalm of 26 verses, the end of every single verse is, For his mercy endures forever. And so as the psalmist begins to make his way through the history of the Hebrews, he talks about from the very beginning in creation, the God that creates the sun to rule by day for his mercy endureth forever. He describes the celestial being of the moon and the stars. And then he gets to the point of talking about smiting Egypt in their firstborn for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. There was good parts of that, and there was negative parts with that. They got out there, and they began to look behind them, and they saw the enemy following hard on their trail. Pharaoh did not want to release them, even though he gave his word. He recognizes that there was a vast resource that would be leaving his uh, economy, and so he chased them. And in that moment, they looked back and they began to complain. It was a day of disorientation, if you will. It was not a day of orientation. It was a day of disorientation. And Moses uh, recognized the predicament that he was in and God directed him. And the psalmist said to him, which divided the Red Sea into parts. That was a, a day and a moment of reorientation in which things seemed to be going well, then not so well, but God made things right. And he made Israel pass through the midst of it and overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. To him which led his people through the wilderness. Psalm 136 is a great example because in this it contains all the elements of just about every psalm in the wilderness when they got out into the wilderness. And they recognized that their life was going to be much, much different. They looked around them. They started complaining because there was no water. It was a day of disorientation. You have brought us out here to die, they told Moses. We would rather be around the flesh pots in Egypt. And Moses responds, and the Lord brings water out of a rock. It's a day of disorientation, and then God seems to make things right. And people recognize and understand that wilderness experience was quite an experience from water and then food and God providing manna from heaven and providing quail and providing everything for them. Food and then clothing that did not wear out. There were moments in that story in which they murmured and they complained. They looked at their situation and they said, this is not a place of being settled. This is unsettled. This is outside of the norm and what we are accustomed to. And this is very uncomfortable for us. Sometimes God leads us into uncomfortable comfortable positions, but I, I want to preach to some of you that are in that place. Maybe God is using those moments to mold you and shape
shape you and fashion you and make you who you really need to be. Don't check out too quick because God's going to reorient some things in your life. When you thought everything was perfect and then it turned all of a sudden and you went around a corner and a curve and you're wondering why am I in at the end of a dead alley? There's a God there that knows exactly where you are and he's a God that knows exactly what his purpose is for you. So whatever you're going through, you need to trust God in the midst of all of that. I may not understand it. I may not get it, but I know this. God's going to reorient some things in my life. Let's clap our hands and thank the Lord together. He knows how to, he knows how to change the circumstances in our life. That wilderness experience was full of moments. And when you read it, when you read the entire history there, you see there are moments in which God shows up and shows out in a great and a powerful way. And yet there are times in that history in which famous kings rise up against them. And this uh, Psalm 136 describes those things and talks about a God that remembered us in our low estate, it is admitted in this passage of Scripture we were in a low state. It wasn't a good feeling. Not everything was going right, but his mercy endureth forever. And he redeemed us from our enemies. There were times when we got our eyes off of God and we started looking at everything else around us. And when we started looking at everything around us, we recognized we were frail and insignificant. And so our enemies were against us, but there was a God that redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. I'm telling you, no matter what you get yourself into, I believe that there's a God that can help you get out of whatever you've gotten yourself into because he's that kind of God. Praise God. The one writer said, he picked me out of miry clay and he established my feet on a rock. I've got something to stand on. I've got a testimony and I'm anchored to something. Praise God. Anybody blessed in the house of God tonight? Not just happy, but you're blessed. Not everything may be going good, but you can still raise your hand and say, I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed woman. I'm a blessed young person. I'm a blessed child because of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Let's thank him together again. I thank you, Lord, and praise you. Praise God, praise God, praise God. He redeemed us from the hand of the enemy who gave food to all flesh for his mercy endureth forever. And then concludes, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. This is a description by way of introduction of describing what you're going to find throughout the Psalms. It's an example, an analogy, an actual history history, a reckoning of history, but also an analogy of our walk with God because many times we follow the same trajectory. That is why there's such a power in reading the scripture and following the Hebrews as they come out of bondage because we were all in bondage. We were all enslaved by the Egyptians, if you will, and it was a hard taskmaster that ruled our lives. This is what sin does, but God sent somebody somehow our way that said to Pharaoh, the ruler in our life, let my people go. 
I'm going to show out in a powerful way with a strong hand, a strong right arm. I'm going to take these people into a promised land. And that's where God is taking each and every one of us. He's moving us out. There were, there were great days when God's mighty hand was there. There were bad days when they sent ten spies into the land and ten come back and only two stood up and said, you know what? We can take the land. God is able and well able to do it. And eight said it's an impossibility. They're too big. They had a grasshopper mentality. We're but grasshoppers in their sight. We can't do it. We're not able enough. We're, we're not outfitted enough. It's not going to happen. And that moment in the lives of, of two individuals, Joshua and Caleb, they had to walk around for 40 years. You talk about disorientation. You talk about being in a state in which it feels like those years will never, ever end. And sometimes we get in situations that feel like they will never, ever end. But I'm telling you, God promises, and what he promises is true, and you can hang on to that. You can say, you know what, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm, I'm still going to trust God because I know that he is well able. Whatever he said, he's a God that is able to do it. And so I'm going to walk walk around and I'm still going to believe God. Those two individuals when they walked into the promised land at 80 years of age said you give me the biggest mountain and you give me the biggest giants because I'm going to still conquer what God promised me a long long time ago. I've been wandering around in disorientation but this day God's going to reorient some things. God and they went in with power and with strength and so that is bookend number one it's blessed to stay in the word of God and to meditate in the law of God be not someone that walks in the way of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful but your delights in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. you got to be anchored in the word of God. If there's anything we need to be anchored in, it needs to be in the word of God in these days. We live in tumultuous times. We live in confused times. I'm thankful for the anchor of the soul that is the word of God. Have you ever been going through something that's difficult and all of a sudden a word comes to you? Have you ever felt the influence of the enemy and all the voices that may come your way and all of a sudden there is a scripture that comes to you? There is nothing greater or more valuable than that word that comes to you in those difficult times. You'll be a blessed individual if you put in your mind and in your heart some of the things that are written on these pages and when it feels like there is nothing I can do or say, the word of God is, is something that does not return void and it's powerful to me. Praise God. And so the first bookend is you got to have the word of God in your life because all of these things that I've just discussed in 136, all of these things happen to each and every one of us. we got to be anchored to the word. That's the first bookend. And so that's the first thing that holds things together in the midst of all of that. you got the law, the word of God, 
And then at the conclusion, on the other side of all the songs and all the great times and all the difficult times and all the reordering times, there's something on the other side of being in the Word of God. This is so very, very powerful. It goes a lot of different ways. you got to have the Word and you got to have the Spirit. There's a balance between those. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. There's a balance there. There's a connection. They're bookends to life. And so you got to stay in the word. But when the psalmist wrapped it up and he got to the end of it, he said, here's one thing that you need to do emphatically in Psalm 150. He said the first the first thing that he starts with is praise ye the Lord. It's an emphatic. You need to worship God. You need to praise God. And then he said, praise God in his sanctuary. Why do I come to the sanctuary? I come to praise God. I've come to magnify his name. Why do I pull my vehicle into the parking lot and get out of the vehicle and walk into this place called a sanctuary? That's what it is. There's a sign that says sanctuary on the building. Hallelujah. Why? Because when we come in this place, we're supposed to praise God in the sanctuary. That means if I'm in the sanctuary, I'm supposed to praise God. That means if I'm in the house of God, I'm not supposed to not praise God, but it should be something that is motivating me to magnify God and to worship God because I'm in the sanctuary. A lot of people are doing a lot of things in other places. When they go to the club, they're going to the club to do some things in the club. When they go to the bar, they go to the bar to do whatever they do in the bar. When they go to the dance place, I was going to say dance hall, but I think that's pretty dated. Club's a little better term. They're going in there to dance and do what you do when you go in that place to do what you're supposed to do. Those are the things that they do. When we come to the house of God, we're coming into the sanctuary because we know you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do, and that is praise ye the Lord. I wonder tonight if we could do that together in this place. Praise the Lord in the sanctuary. Come on, lift up your voice and praise him. Praise him in the sanctuary. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is one of the things that's going to keep me if I'm praising him and I'm worshiping him. I'm magnifying. Hallelujah. You may be coming into this sanctuary and you may be feeling downhearted, downtrodden. I'm convinced tonight that if you just praise God, it's going to get a whole lot better before you leave this place tonight because you've given the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords praise in the sanctuary. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Why wouldn't you want to? You're in the sanctuary. Why wouldn't you magnify him? You're in the sanctuary. That means everybody. Now, depending on what state you're in, that's it, sis. That right there is good. That's good. That's good. It may be all you can do, but that's praise and that's worship. Somebody else may have the energy and the ability, and if you got the energy and the ability, you shouldn't be just sitting there silently in the sanctuary, but you should be doing something in the house of God that is worship and praise in the sanctuary. Praise God, I can give him a wave offering. 
Hallelujah, I can give him a thank you, Jesus. feel faith in the house of God tonight. Let's clap our hands and love him together again. Praise God in his sanctuary. I need to move on, but, but, but let, me just, let me just stop right there and hang in there just for, for one more moment. You know what? If I went into a bar, I'd feel really comfortable. Uncomfortable. Sorry. Strike that. Strike that from the record. Okay, I would feel very uncomfortable. If I went into a club, I would feel very uncomfortable because I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing in there. When people come from outside inside, there should be a little bit of uncomfortable feeling because what are all these people doing? If they're not comfortable being in the house of God, they should feel something in the sanctuary. And it should draw them in to say, you know what, these people look crazy, but I feel something that I haven't felt anywhere before. And so I, I'm, 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 I'm going to get comfortable. I'm going to assume the position of praising and worshiping God. Now he said, praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise God. You can be seated just for a moment here. Praise him in the sanctuary. When we come into the sanctuary, we're to praise God. We're to worship God. There's a lot of ways you can praise God. You can run, you can jump, you can dance, you can leap, you can do a wave offering, you can lift up your voice, you can magnify God. There's a lot of things you can do in worship. Amen. And we are all different people and not everybody's going to worship God the same way. And thank God that's the case because if we all worship God the same way, uh, it might get really interesting. And so that's what makes the church interesting and significant is because we're all God's children and we're all worshiping God in different ways. But the key is we should all worship him. And so when we come into the sanctuary, that's what we're supposed to do. But then he said, praise him in the firmament of his power. Now, I've said that before. Praise him in the firmament of his power. It sounds really good. That's powerful. But what does that mean? What does firmament of his power even mean? The firmament in understanding the creation is that God created a, 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 an environment, and then above that environment was the firmament. So it, it has to do with the creative purposes of God, the dis, divine Creation, the design of creation, the firmament of God's power has to do with his creation. The firmament of his power then is you praise God not only in the sanctuary, but you praise him in the firmament of his power. That means you praise God not only in here, but you praise him out there as well. That means when you're outside the sanctuary, you're still supposed to praise God. 
that means when you're outside of these four walls, there still should be a, a wave offering. There should be a shout. There should still be a, a leap for joy. There should still be a clap of the hands. There should still be a thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's still an opportunity outside this building to praise God. This is why we say to each other, praise the Lord. What are we saying? We're saying that as a greeting, but really what we're saying is praise him in the firmament of his power. We're not in church, but let's thank God and agree that God's good and God's great. And outside of the four walls, we're going to testify of his ability and his greatness and his goodness. And he's a great God. He's worth praising. He's worth worshiping, and so I'm going to magnify him outside the sanctuary. I'm going to praise him. You need to step out in your backyard and say, praise the Lord one morning. Let three houses down know. They probably think you've lost your mind, but that's okay. I'm going to praise him in the firmament of his power. I'm not going to be intimidated, and I'll tell you why. You're never intimidated if you really understand and recognize the God that you're serving and who you're praising. <laughs> it's not going to matter what audience you're in. You could be at the mall. Hey, Sister Alexander, praise the Lord. And don't go running off in the stores and darting behind all the clothing racks and stuff saying, who, who in the world would do something like that? I'm talking about praising God because of his greatness, not just in this sanctuary. I want to praise God in the firmament of his power. I want to praise God with my lifestyle. I want to praise God with the way that I look, the way that I act. I want people to know that there is something fresh. There's something energetic. There's something passionate about who I am. I'm not hanging my head, but I'm lifting my head high and saying, if it had not been for the Lord who is on my side, where would I be? But thank God I'm able to praise him and magnify him in an affirmament of his power. Psalmist said, you, you got to be anchored the first book in to all of the vicissitudes of life. That's a, that's a dandy one right there. <laughs> the vicissitudes. All the things that happen in life. You got to be anchored to the word. And the psalmist said, the second thing you got to understand is you got to have an attitude of worship and praise. There are going to be times when you don't feel like it, but you worship him and you praise him anyhow. Why? Because he doesn't change. I change. My situations change. My circumstances change. They change from day to day. But he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I'm going to praise him for that fact. Amen, amen. And he said, praise him for his mighty acts. We, we, we can't go around the room, but has God ever done anything good for you? Are there, are there any things that become mighty acts? Praise him for his mighty acts. The things that he shows out in a powerful way. The Hebrews had this built into their psyche, their understanding. God brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. It was mighty acts of God. I'm convinced that even today God is still doing mighty, mighty acts. 
I believe that there are still miracles that people sitting on church pews could raise their hand and say, hey, I've got a testimony of some mighty acts that God has accomplished in my life. Nobody would believe it. Everybody had given up. Nobody would understand if they saw my rap sheet, where I came from, the circumstances in my life, where God brought me from, where he's taking me to. Nobody would understand, but they're all the mighty acts of God. They're all the miraculous working of the Holy Ghost. And when everybody else gave up and the enemy said, it can't happen, God said, watch. Watch me do some mighty acts. Praise God. Praise God. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Is it great? It's not only greatness, but is it excellent greatness? What kind of a God do we serve in this place tonight? I'm saying we serve a great God that does great things. And not only that, but the psalmist said, in everything that you do, make sure that you mention his excellent greatness. He's excellent. He's not just great, but he's excellently great. He's worthy to receive the very best that I could give him. He's worthy to be magnified. He's worthy to be lifted up and glorified because of his excellent greatness. writer said praise him in the sound of the trumpet praise him with the psaltery and harp praise him with the timbrel and the dance Brother McAllister if you would come praise him upon the loud cymbals praise him upon the high sounding cymbals he said make sure that there's an incorporated worship of God that includes a worship experience that involves opening your emotions and magnifying God it's the spirit and the word. It's the anchor of Psalm 1, the book in number 1 that is the word of God, and then the book in number 2, which is the worship of God. And they are linked together. They cannot be separated. If you separate them, you do God a disservice. If you just make it all about the word and there's no praise and there's no worship, you have severed something that is very, very important. If it's all about praise and worship but it's not anchored to the word, you have severed something that is very, very important. But when you bring the two bookends together and you're anchored on the word and you are worshiping and praising God, that is something that is going to carry you through every stage in life every difficulty in life, every circumstance in life, every turmoil in life, every direction in life, every path in life. Praise God. There's got to be a praise on my heart and on my lips. It comes from my heart. Hallelujah. Now, you would think tonight most times when people preach this, they want to preach the, I call it the hard sell. The hard sell is you got to jump up and down. you got to turn cartwheels. you got to hang from chandeliers. So if you don't have any chandeliers, so what? Hang from the speakers. And usually it's a crescendo of do something you've never done before and, and do all this. I'm not going to do that tonight. I'm going to give you the soft sell tonight. I'm just talking about giving God praise. See, sometimes we think when we say praise, it only means that high, energetic, passionate worship. Sometimes it's just lifting up the hands and giving God the evening sacrifice as my evening sacrifice. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.
praise God, praise God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. Something happens when you worship God. Worship him through your struggle. Don't stop worshiping him. That's You got to hang on to the word, but don't stop worshiping him. There may be others that let you down, fail you, walk away, do things that disappointed you, but don't stop worshiping God. I've seen too many people walk out, backslide because of things that's been done to them, and they stop worshiping God. You got to hang on to the first book in, which is the Word of God, and you got to hang on to the second book in, which is in all of those things that happen. I'm going to lift my voice and praise God. I'm going to declare to the enemy because I know he can't read my mind, but he can read my actions. I'm going to declare to him that I'm going to worship God. God. I'm going to praise him for his mighty acts. I'm going to praise him for his excellent greatness. I'm going to praise him in the sanctuary. I'm going to praise him in the firmament of his power. In everything that I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to give him praise. Come on, as we stand to our feet in this place together. Hallelujah. Why don't you lift up your voice and praise him in this place tonight in recognition of his word and the power of his word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is why it's so very, very important that there are musicians and there are singers and there's all this that goes into our praise and our worship. It's extremely important because sometimes that's what touches us. This morning in the house of God, there was an altar service. There was a, there was an exhortation, but there wasn't a preached message, but there was something that went out into these pews because of worship and praise that pulled people into the operation of the ministry of the Holy Ghost. The writer said, make sure that you're anchored to the word, but don't ever walk away from the praise and the worship of God. And then he concluded it by saying, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. If you've got breath and you're breathing tonight, there's an opportunity for you to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody thankful tonight that you're here in this place? And I am. There's breath to breathe. There's opportunity to magnify God. Hallelujah. Before I leave this building, I know you already have, but before I leave this building, I'm going to use my breath. I'm going to use the capacity. I'm going to use the opportunity to praise the Lord. And so this altar call tonight is not the hard sell. I'm not asking you to run, roll, do all those kind of things. What I'm asking you to do, I'm asking you to step out of the pew where you are and walk to an altar and lift your hands in the air and just praise God in whatever way, shape, and form that you want to. Hallelujah. You can exalt his name. You can lift your voice. You can lift your hands. You can give thanks unto God and you can praise the Lord because there is breath. There is breath to breathe and there's opportunity to magnify the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. It's a command. Hallelujah. It's really not even an option. He is saying, praise. You praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You praise the Lord. And the congregation says to the song leader and to the minister, you praise the Lord. And the song leader and the congregation leader and the minister says, you praise the Lord. And there is give and take back and forth as each participant encourages one another to praise the Lord. Come on, through your praise, encourage someone else tonight to praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
Praise God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise tonight. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. I worship as I bless your holy name. You deserve the glory. I praise you for your excellent greatness. Hallelujah. I praise you for your mighty acts. You brought me a long, long way, Lord. You have done things that I've even forgot about, but when I recollect and meditate, I realize you've done marvelous things. You've done great things. You've done worthy things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank him just for a moment. Praise him for a moment. Reflect on where he's brought you for a moment. Hallelujah. Give him thanks for a moment. Magnify him for his greatness. Lord, I love you. Hallelujah. I love you. I praise you. 